If you've experienced a DNA surprise, you know that your emotions can range from shock to denial to grief to anger to confusion to joy and around again. And sometimes it's hard to find people who understand this unique experience. Sometimes we feel a little stuck as we navigate this journey. That's why we created the DNA Surprise Retreat. At the DNA Surprise Retreat, you'll enjoy six expert-led sessions to help you process your DNA surprise. You'll eat delicious catered meals, and most importantly, you'll build beautiful friendships with people who understand you, all in a stunning private ranch facility in the Arizona desert. If you've had shocking DNA test results, know that you're not alone. This retreat is for you. Join us September 19th through the 22nd, 2024 in Phoenix, Arizona. Registration is open now. Reserve your space at dnasurpriseretreat.com. I'll see you there. But then at the end of the day, it all makes sense because Mm -hmm. I just get these little moments where these little aha moments still going, oh, my gosh, I just remember as a little girl and my parents' friends would always exclaim, how different do the girls look? How exotic looking is the fat? Are you sure, you know? Her father's not a real, you know, her real father. It would, it would come up in conversation again and again. I don't know how my mom held it together all those years. Imagine spitting into a tube, sending off your DNA, and unknowingly turning your life upside down. For me and thousands of others, this is our reality. I'm your host, Alexis Auerselt. In July of 2021, I discovered that I am an NPE, someone who has experienced a non-paternal event. In other words, my biological father isn't who I thought he was. This podcast shares the journeys of people who were shocked by a DNA discovery, mostly through modern DNA testing. We're telling the stories of NPEs, adoptees, and donor-conceived people and their families. This is DNA Surprises. Yvette was the first person I spoke to for the podcast, and her vulnerability and candor really moved me. Yvette experienced her DNA surprise in December of 2020, and in this episode, she explains how layered these situations can be, and how intergenerational family secrets and trauma play out, as well as how they affected her. Thank you for sharing your story, Yvette. My name is Yvette. I am 36 years old and I am from Sydney, Australia. Can you tell us a bit about your DNA surprise story? Where do I begin? I'll start off with, I've been, for a while, I was talking to my husband about getting a DNA test and I kind of started bugging him a little bit more mid last year. I've always wanted to know why my mother's father is really dark. He's Croatian. And as we generally know, Croatians are known to be quite fair, blonde hair, blue eyes, but his family and himself, they're from one of the islands off Croatia and they're very dark. So he had black hair, really, really dark olive skin, like really like tan skin. And a lot of some of my aunties and uncles, they, they almost look Indian. Just they okay. look very, very different to what a Croatian looks like generally. So, and um, growing up, I always looked different to my family. So my dad, he's British, so of Scottish and English descent. My mother is Croatian and they're very fair and I, when I started getting into my late, like 
like primary school, early teens, I noticed um, every time I'd go out in the sun, I'd just tan. Like I really get that Mediterranean tan. And my sisters, my younger sisters, they're very fair, blue eyes, fair skin, and they can't tan at all. If they go in the sun, they start burning within 10 minutes or as me. I just start going browner and browner and browner. And I just started asking the questions like, why, why, why do I tan? And why can't my sisters? And my mum would just always pass it off going, oh, you just look exactly like your, your grandfather. You've got his complexion. And then I just remembered in school in science learning the recessive and dominating gene. Remember that in in science? Uh And I'd literally lay out my grandparents and it's like, so two of my grandparents have blue eyes from my dad's side. My grandmother has green eyes and my grandfather has brown eyes. And my mum's got hazel eyes. Dad has crystal blue eyes. How the hell did I get you know, brown eyes, and my hair's very dark. It used to be like a strawberry blonde as a, when I was about two, but I quickly went to a medium brown, and then my hair naturally is almost black. So I, all these questions just kind of just started um, arising as a little girl, and I always got mistaken um, as well as a little girl. I always got mistaken for um, being people would mistake me for being Aboriginal or um, South American. I always got that just went went up because I was very tan, like always at the beach, always in the sun, always outdoors. What did you say when people would ask you those questions? Oh, but my dad's British and my mum's Croatian and they'd look at me going, oh, okay. Like, like they'd get really confused. Yeah. And that happened throughout school. Even my boyfriends, would they would all have a complex just like what is going on? Like this girl has an Anglo maiden name, right. and with with um, and she just looks very different to her family. And so I met my husband, and he's Greek, and and then we had a little boy, and he's just absolutely gorgeous. But we look nothing like my dad. And you know what they say: girls always look like their fathers, and boys look like their mums my son looks like me and he looks like my husband as well but nothing like my dad and I actually asked my mother a few years ago is my dad my real dad and she denied it so you suspected it before you yeah so then I kind of I trusted her and I thought okay so I took still took the DNA test because I thought I really want to know what my grandfather's ethnicity is um the suspicions of Turkish you know, just those, uh, those kind of um, suspicions arise because of that region and what history has told us. So a week before Christmas, my husband got his test first mm-hmm. and he's all added up really nicely, you know, Greek with a bit of um, Middle Eastern because he's quite dark looking for a Greek. And um, so he was really excited about that. And and then I got my my results. So I opened them up, and you know, basic uh, majority of it was Croatian, like you know, the 40 something percent. And I thought, oh, yeah, that's obvious. And then I had about I had a bit of German, and I thought, oh, that must be from. Um, a bit from maybe a great-grandfather from the Balkan region and maybe my dad because he's so fair, blonde hair, blue eyes, fair skin. Mm-hmm. And then I saw a bit of Eastern European. I thought, oh, maybe there's, maybe, maybe there's a bit of Slavic or something that, from the Croatian side. And then I saw 19% Sicilian and I went, Sicilian? Where, what's this Sicilian from? And I thought, oh, maybe it's from my grandfather. And then I tried to scroll down <laughs> to see how much British I had. I thought, where's the Scottish? Where's the English? And I just looked at my husband and I said, I don't, I don't know what's going on. Where's the Scottish and British? And he goes, look, maybe let's have a look at your matches and see. And my, I, and a part of me just died. Like I recognised all these Croatian matches. But my top matches were these Italian last names and 
I just died. I just went, who are these people? What are they doing on my list? I thought maybe there's a mistake. That's what I was so, going to ask is, did you think there was a mistake? Because that that's what I did. I was like, this, yes. there, must, there must be a mix-up somehow. Oh, I thought I got rotted by this, this test thinking, oh, something's happened and maybe it's got mixed up. But then I thought, no, but I can see cousins from my mother's side that have taken the test. Mm-hmm. So I was just in this massive blur. And so I messaged my mum going, there's something not right. My, my test looks a bit funny. And so I texted her and then I rung my dad and I said, Dad, do you have German and Sicilian? Yeah. And he went quiet. He went quiet and he said, no. He goes, I'm British. I'm like dad's English. My mum's Scottish. And he goes, I'm going to go and check the family tree over the weekend and I'll get back to you. And I said, are you sure there's like something in the family that's something that I absorbed more? You know, I just thought it has to be that. Right. And he came back to me and he said, Yvette, no, this isn't right. And so we took a paternity test and, um, yeah, he wasn't my, my father and I just crumbled and... I went into this deep depression because my mum didn't get back to me. So mm. I thought maybe she's contacting my, my 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 real father. Yeah. And I thought, oh, maybe he's going to come to my place on Christmas Day and go, hey, I'm your dad. Yes. And he didn't come. And then she came over just after New Year's Day and told me everything, like as in like who my biological father was so it turns out (laughs) it turns out when around the time I was conceived she was dating someone from her work a man twice her age Mm. and she fell pregnant with him and then she palmed it off to my dad because she was dating him as well And, and they got married very quickly now, did did your dad know, or did he? He t- she told him the day before she saw me. She okay, saw so went he did, to see him. So he, he had no idea. Growing up, he didn't know. Okay, he had no idea. He had wow. no idea. And did she know? She knew. Okay, she knew. She knew. She knew. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of things that I've learned this year that I wasn't a mistake. So it wasn't just a one-night stand or I, 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 and it, my suspicions were that for a while that I think she got herself purposely pregnant and it just aligned really well with my dad in the picture and just said, oh, this is your daughter. Wow. So it's, but oh. it's. So it turns out my biological father passed away almost 14 years ago and I've got four older siblings that he had with his first wife. And I think the most heartbreaking part is my older sister has, and I think my siblings, other siblings, they've known about me for the last 15 years. Oh, so he knew. Your biological father knew. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I, so I actually, when I was 18, I was working at this shop and a man came to my shop and he goes, oh, hi, my name is Peter. I am a friend of your mum's. I'm like, oh, okay. And we got talking for a bit and I remember this man with a, he was very tall, like six foot three or four, and he had a, he had a big nose and a very um, like a like an Austrian or German accent, and then he left. Like so, oh, look, I've got to go back to work. I'm finished my shift. I mean my break, and I went back into work. And I rung mum after my shift, going, Who, "Who's Peter? Like, why did you? Why are you telling him him where I work? Why are you He's telling your friends where I work?" Right. And she did this nervous laugh. That was my biological father. 
So you did meet him. But I didn't know. <laughs> and oh, man. I'm so heartbroken and tormented by that because my older sister has sent me photos of him and I look exactly like him. I look exactly like him. Like I've got to just, and I look exactly like his mother, my, my biological grandmother. And I just thought, what did my mum say and do over the years to stop us from knowing each other? Mm-hmm. Like was it some sick game for her? I just don't know and I'll never know because I don't talk to her anymore and I just I just don't understand like how she could have been so cruel, especially when I was asking because, you know, we're always taught growing up to never lie and if you lie, you get punished. Right. So, and here's my mum, she told me the biggest lie and what really broke my heart the most is that, her mom, my grandma knew as well. Mm-hmm. And her mom was like a mum to me and I was just so heartbroken and I did try and confront her and she denied it. And, and it's just broken that family now because they can't hold accountability for what's happened. But it's been such a big journey Oh, my heart is hurting for you. And also, I I so relate to so many things that you're saying because uh, that's uh, the same thing happened to me. Most of my extended family knew and I did Oh, not. my gosh. So that feeling oh of betrayal extends so much further. And it's, it's crushing, isn't it? it it's really so crushing. Oh. So I feel for you. I so feel for you. Um, so are your, your parents that raised you, are they still married? No. So they divorced when I was 14 and that's, I guess where she could have said something after, like, it's just, I even found out after this surprise DNA test, my husband actually asked my mum as well. Like he said, are you sure Evette's dad's not your real, like not her real dad? Like they don't look alike. Mm -hmm. And, of course, she went all quiet and tried to deflect. And so it's been very heartbreaking. But then it's, so it turns out my, my, my biological father, he, he was born in Vienna in Austria and his mother, um, so she's actually part Czech and part Jewish. Mm, okay. And my grandfather, so her, his father, was Sicilian. So that's where the Sicilian comes from. Yes. Okay. And even more traumatising, he did not know his father. He, his parents, my grandparents, had a fling in World War II and he never knew, like, I think he came to Austria, uh, to Vienna to visit the city, met my grandma. They must have had a bit of a, you know, World War II mm-hmm. fling, which, yes. which was very common back then. Mm-hmm. And then he left and she never saw him again. And that's where the Sicilian came from. And so I thought, you know what? This is intergenerational trauma here for me, like a repeat of history. Mm-hmm. So to help me just get through the pain and the grief, I actually started looking for my grandfather. Oh, wow. And were you able to find him? Yes. We're now in, the, in like the final stages of confirming who he, like, like just to, you know, like put the icing on the cake. Yeah. So that's been amazing. How did you find him? I got a search angel in a Sicilian genealogy group. Amazing. I was ready to pay for a genealogist and the admin, she said, no, I don't want you to pay. I know someone that can help you. And, my gosh, this woman is like literally an earth angel and she's Mm. so black and white and just said, look, let's just break it down and, and let's see what you have. And then she she found him and he passed away years ago, my grandfather. He passed away before I was born. So, okay. But 
I know my lineage and I guess what has been really helpful for me is I'm in contact with some cousins from the Sicilian side who have been so amazing and I think for me that has what's been amazing is the stories because my family, the Sicilian family, a majority of them moved to America during the the diaspora in the late 1800s, early 1900s. So Mm -hmm. hearing the stories of my great-grandparents working in the cotton fields in New Orleans to, you know, some of my cousins in Buffalo getting into the mafia, (laughs) all (laughs) these stories just shape us who we are because I know they got a bit of grief in America for who they were being Sicilian and and it kind of just reminded me of me growing up and feeling different and not fitting in for how I look, mm-hmm. even though I, I do look like some of my Sicilian relatives, but probably more so on the Croatian side and now my paternal mother's side, like I just see so much resemblance. But I guess it's just all these stories and then even the stories of my father growing up, even after World War II, just the, the poverty, mm-hmm. um, the the fear of they could have been taken to one of the camps at any given yeah. time. Mm-hmm. So it's just um, been phenomenal in that sense, just understanding who I am and my lineage. And I think one of the biggest things was I connected with a cousin and we've really connected and she actually had a surprise DNA test with a very similar story to me. Didn't know she was Sicilian. Her father passed away years ago. We actually look similar as well. (laughs) It's just so crazy. It's just wild how common this is. It is so common, even within your family. Yeah. In the family. And it's just really, I think it's just been so nice And comforting to know that I'm not the only one in the family that has gone through this. Mm -hmm. So it's just been, it's been really good in that kind of sense of like as horrible as it is to go through it, like uh, that whole experience. But I guess just knowing, just knowing that they're like, we're not a perfect family and there's, there's the secrets and the lies and I, I, I did kind of feel like when I was embarked on the journey of finding my grandfather, I had a feeling I was going to unravel more, mm-hmm. and I did, and I yeah. did. And but it's, I'm just so glad I have because it's just so healing. And I, I guess coming from, from um, especially being brought up. Balkan, like I never identified with the British at all. I could never connect with it. Mm-hmm. I swear I felt whispers as a little girl when we'd be at family gatherings, like this is not your family, you don't belong here. But mm-hmm. with my Croatian side, I felt home. I was brought up by my grandparents. But they really taught me a lot of the values of family and how important family is. And I think that's what I really held close to my heart whilst doing all the genealogy stuff this year and it just really helped me distract me from the pain yeah it's just even to this day I still go to to my husband I can't believe it I just can't believe I'm mixed race like all these years I thought I was white (laughs) And, and 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 I'm not like I'm truly mixed race it's just like I feel like I've just got the the best of the Mediterranean and and then some in in Europe and it's just been such a, a wild ride just to understand it all. Yeah, it's I think, you know, we're about the same age. So I think yeah. you spend your whole life believing something and then you just have to retrain your brain to accept another truth. And so you know, for me much. it's the same. Every now and then I just look around and I'm like, is this real? Did this really happen? No. And then you you know you have to go through the acceptance process all over again. Oh, absolutely. So much learning and unlearning. 
and I've been in touch with my older sister. She's been amazing because I actually found my biological father's obituary online mm-hmm. and, and reached out to her and then she wrote back to me and she said, whatever questions you have, ask me. And because I was so apprehensive, like, is this like even for real? <laughs> yeah. I got four older siblings out Yeah. There. So, so I want to ask you about that. So you found out in December of 2020 amidst lockdown, the pandemic, kind of the height of everything globally. Have you connected with your other, the four older siblings? Only just my older sister. So, yeah, we were emailing back and forth a lot. And then we have spoken in August and then we FaceTimed in September. We look similar. I look I look a bit like my both of my sisters. Like we've both got a very similar face structure mm-hmm. from our from our biological father. But my brothers, they look more like their mum. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I'm sure, like, it's going to take time because I'm still getting my head around it. That I've got four older siblings and I've got a ton of nieces and nephews. <laughs> yeah. What did they know about you? You said that they'd known about you for 15 years. What did they know? So my older sister reached out to our father biologic my biological father about a was it a year or so like when he was dying because he died of lung cancer okay she just asked him is there any other siblings and he goes yes you have a younger sister called Yvette and he's like she's like oh does she know about me and can I meet her can I call her and he's like oh you know that's up to her mother to decide and Mm. so it's just been and and the coincidences, like not only do I look like my biological father, we have a very similar personality. Mm. Like yeah. our fate, we've got the same favourite dishes, um, same favourite interests. Like I love reading, I love history, I love politics, um, like everything I did at uni. He loved all of that. So have you been able to find some connection to him through your sibling, your older sister, and yeah. learning about him? Yeah. Absolutely. The That's stories, good. the stories is just incredible. And then when we FaceTime, I, I remember when we, just, we, we um, opened up the, the cameras and I said to her, oh, sorry, I was just a little bit late. I was just cooking some dinner, something like that. And she said, oh, what are you cooking for dinner? And I said, I'm cooking goulash. It's one of my favourite meals. And she just stared at me. She went, oh, my God, that was Dad's favourite meal. Wow. And then she, I normally wear glasses and she pointed out my glasses because I had them on that, that um, day. And she goes, oh, they're really nice glasses. And I said, oh, I've always worn glasses since I was a little girl. I had a, a lazy eye and I'm not sure where I got that from. And she just stared at me and she goes, Dad had a lazy eye. That's where you oh got my it goodness. from. So I had goosebumps because not only is it important to know our roots and our ethnicity, but the medical stuff. Like for 35 years I've been talking about someone else's medical history that's not even mine. That's incredibly painful. That's another one of the things that I found. I was surprised by how much that hurt. It's an ultimate betrayal. Ultimate. Even with the best of intentions, it still creates a lot of hurt. Of course. And it was one of the biggest things when I rung my GP to tell her what happened. And can you please update my medical history? And yeah. she's like, yep, done. This all makes sense now. Like, you know, just. You think back to every form you fill out. Everything. Everything. It's so many layers. It's just so, like, I I couldn't even look at myself in the mirror after the after what happened. Like, I just couldn't recognize myself. I'm like, who are you? It's so different. It's so different now. It's it's very different for me now. But I, there's just so much grief. Like the grief of not knowing. Well, I, the grief of losing that ethnicity. I actually quite liked the Scottish ethnicity. I quite like the Scottish people. Yeah. So I felt a little bit 
pained when that was gone. But and then not knowing my 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 biological father, and then not knowing my my grandmother. Like she she lived until the nineties. She died in Vienna, but it was it's like there could have been an opportunity, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. even to talk to her on the phone. Yeah, and just um, just just so many things, and then and then knowing I'm the these new ethnicities, look, I would have never been Jewish, not with my mum's side of the family. They're very stoic, Catholic. Mm-hmm. But I, I didn't realise how important it is for Jewish people to know their roots. Just when I, you know, looking in genealogy groups and just researching the faith online or, and I've even tried to reach out to synagogues here in Sydney going, hey, do you have any, like, groups for people that, have just found out they've got Jewish ethnicity. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, no, we don't have anything like that. Oh, but you can come to our classes to learn the faith. It's like, I don't want to convert. Right. I just want to understand myself. It would be just so difficult to even. You want like Judaism 101 or something, like just to learn the basics. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I just look on, I just look at online and I think I pay attention now more to to things that I never really did, especially like with Sicilians. Sicilians, I've, I guess I love cannoli. I've always loved cannoli, but then who doesn't love Italian desserts? Right. And I've always loved the Sopranos because of their attitude and just, you know, having to stick up for themselves in such a crazy world and that they're very family orientated. But then I have this longingness, like I'll never have any Zias that will teach me their little recipes of you know the Mm -hmm. secret ingredients and stuff and that really hurt me because I do know how to cook Croatian food and I have been surrounded by the matriarchs in that side of the family so I don't have anyone but then my search angel she's actually started giving me recipes to cook and when she gave it to me I just started crying it's like for people that don't know who might be listening, can you talk about what a search angel is and what they do? Yes. So yeah. what, so I, th- I think you can get a search angel in, there's, there's certain um, like DNA detective or search angel groups or surprise DNA groups. Basically, a search angel is if you're looking for a particular family member, they will actually look at your dna results so they'll look at your matches and then they will create a tree with your with your matches and then they will figure out who your family member is in like whoever you're looking for so mm-hmm. i think it would have been impossible i would probably would not have found my father if i did not know who he was because he had a different last name to my grandfather and then the story this, there was a tall story about him that was not true and he had a he, he had a different name he gave my grandmother a different name and we are for certain that he was a US soldier like an army soldier from World War II too because we found this man's draft cards and his army details when he signed up for the war in 1942 and then he left the army in end of 1944 to marry his bride and so he was American he was an American Sicilian man this generation which is even more crazy Mm -hmm. for me yeah because I just thought like I've got some amazing friends in America I've got distant family that have moved to America. But to have something so close to home like that has just really, like, just thrown everything out because even when I was looking for him, people would go to me like, are you sure he wasn't an American soldier? Because the story you're saying isn't really, like, doesn't it sounds a bit tall. And I had to do a lot of research and just go, oh, what was happening in Vienna in 1943, like the time when my father would have been conceived. And I just kind of like, I, I even have found essays on American soldiers, like they really fetishise the 
the European women because mm-hmm. it's, you know, exotic, exotic different, yeah. <laughs> a bit of an escape from the war, that mm-hmm. the, the trouble that was happening. Um, so, yeah, my search angel basically went from my highest match, which wasn't extremely high. Like I just thought I actually thought she was a second cousin, mm-hmm. but I think she's a first cousin to my father. And she kind of just backtracked it. And then a few relatives in America actually were inspired to do my, like to do the DNA test because I did. And Mm. it was very interesting to see where they fit on this tree. And she just, not only did she find my grandfather, she built a tree for me of my lineage from, it's just, I look at it in awe going, this is my family. These are the, the greats grandparents up until the 1700s and it's just like uh, I would have been just happy to have my grandfather so she did go above and beyond for me that's incredible so you talked about kind of a, a tall story that your grandfather <laughs> might have told can you share what that is or so it was would have been from my grandmother so the story that that my far biological father got from her. So the story went at oh, so his name was Sam, translated in English, and he went to work in the factories in Vienna mm-hmm. during World War Two, and he met my grandmother. They had a bit of a you know a fling, and then he said he had to go back to Sicily, back to his wife and five children. Mm. And then never saw him again. And here I am looking for someone in this family tree because how I did it was I looked at my top matches from from the the Sicilian side, like the top, I looked at I think the top ten or something, and they all came back to this family tree that I found that this man did, which turns out to be my third cousin. And um, so his... His great-grandfather and my great-grandmother were siblings. That's how we figured it out in the end. And I was just looking at this tree for ages, literally eliminating people, like going, nah, that can't be him, that can't be him. And I'm pulling my hair out going, where is this Sam guy on my tree? I can't find him until my search angel came in and she said that, look at this family have you looked at that family I went yeah there's only three children she goes no there's a fourth and that's when she said I just want you to only look at this family tree this family line only them and it makes sense because this grandfather of mine when I first found a picture of his mother for the first time I literally just stopped and I was like my jaw dropped and it she looks exactly like my son, just wow. a blonde hair, blue-eyed version looking mm-hmm. version of um, my son because my son's very Mediterranean looking, yes. like yes. <laughs> dark hair, brown eyes, tan skin, and um, I just died and I just thought, oh, my gosh. And then it turns out the men, like, from my grandfather's father's side they're all tall, really tall. So that kind of cemented a lot with my father being quite tall, mm-hmm. um, being over six feet three. And then it, then and that and that actually um, comforted me because I'm about five eight. So relatively tall. Yeah. Now I know where I got my height yeah. from. Yeah. yeah. So it's just been incredible. And there's just I just don't know how these search angels do it. They must look at something and then just they're just detecting bring it all together. They are angels. I mean they they yeah, help so they many. They truly people. are. And they do this out of their free time. That's the difference yes. with these search angels. They're not paid genealogists. They do this out right. of your time. They don't contact your family. They will ask you to like if they've got certain questions. Mm-hmm. And yeah. It, been amazing that's incredible been amazing. so what was who have you told and and what was everyone's reaction when you made this discovery <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> well I got because I was very angry with my mother 
and then confused. So her sister knows, so that whole family knows. I rung up my godmother to see if she knew anything about my biological father. Mm-hmm. She, she could not believe it, this happened. She thought the man that raised me was my dad. And she even thought it too. She goes, but you look like your grandfather. I said, wait until we catch up and you see the photos of my new family and you're going to get mind blown. Then I reached out, I reached out to one of my mum's first cousins that I'm close with. And he was heartbroken. Mm. He had no idea. So it was a secret that my grandmother and my mother kept from everyone. And then just my friends and then found out and they've been amazing. Like I had friends coming over to comfort me. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, my husband has told some of his family and they just go, this is so messed up. Yeah. It's shocking. It's really it's shocking. Just, I just, oh. and, and, and and it's just with being in those groups, those NPE, DNA detectives groups, it's just amazing how I'm like, it's not, it's, it's so common. It's not uncommon. Like right. we've all got that similar, that thread that we have had a DNA test. All of our stories are different. Like some people get to meet their their fathers or their mothers because, you know, some are adopted. Mm-hmm. But it, I guess it's just that that shock and like and especially being a different ethnicity. I think if my mum had like if, I, if my father was the same nationality as my, the man that raised me, I think like, I'd still be in shock but at least I wouldn't have to rewire as much. Yes, I completely agree. Yeah, you, it, you feel that. Extra, yeah, it's an extra layer, and it's it's a whole culture that you were never exposed to, mm. and it it makes so many things like what you were saying about never feeling like you really identified with that that side of you. You know, your father's side or your dad's side. Yeah. It's it makes so many things make sense, but then you also have this grief about a whole family and culture that you were never exposed to. And like, how do you catch yeah. up? How do you catch up? I, I don't, I don't know. I think for me, the cooking has been really comforting learning about the Jewish faith. Now with the Czech ethnicity, I'm really comfortable with that because some of my favorite authors were Czech and it's in that same Eastern European region, like near the Balkan side, so it's well. It's not like it's Sicilian. Sicilian right. and Czech is just two two completely different cultures and way of life. One of the first thing I did was I bought a Sicilian cookbook, and this particular cookbook has a bit of the history of Sicily. I feel when I cook, I feel the presence of my matriarchs from Sicily with me. Just like finally, she's home. I try and find Sicilian folklore music just to have in the background just so I can listen to it and feel like I'm there. And then I want to learn the language because we do want to go to Sicily now to see to yeah. see it, the, where my um, family are from, which is a really small village of only like 3,000 people. Like it's just tiny. Yeah. And I thought, well, I will need to learn a bit of Sicilian if I want to get more information about my family lines because only the older people will know not the young people mm-hmm. with my with my family being so much older like you know it's just those little things going to the library or the council to get more records right. so I thought, oh maybe I can learn the language because that's one thing I learned Sicilian is very different to Italian it's a different language in itself something I I only learned recently I thought they just spoke Italian don't tell a a Sicilian I said that because I'd be like what and uh, it's just very yeah it's very um and it's and and that has an amazing history in itself in Sicily that I'm learning and loving but it's just um I guess in a way I'll, I'll probably would have never been able to get any of that 
because my father didn't know his father. So I think I feel a little bit, I don't feel as guilty. And and my mum, I don't think my mum knew that he was half Sicilian. Mm-hmm. I think she just she just thought he was Austrian and Jewish. Like I don't think he she even knew his background. And so I think if the truth did come out earlier, she probably would have not had an idea, whereas mm-hmm. I probably would know a lot about um, my biological father more than my mum would ever have known. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, I love what you said about cooking and kind of using that and listening to music as a way to connect to the culture. I think that's just really special and a really great idea for anyone who's trying to figure out a way to connect with, you know, a different culture that's new to them. Especially when I don't have the relatives around me. And if I was to connect with relatives, it would would be the whoever's left in, in America and those are those are third cousins or second like second cousins and i don't think many of them really would really know because mm. my grandfather and his siblings they all passed away like yeah. like before i was born and I, and i think just the support that i have had from my husband he has tolerated so much from me. He has they tolerated. have to, don't they? They have to through this. Yes. But, the, but he even said to me, you're doing so well. If I found out my father wasn't my real father, I would be in a psych ward. Mm-hmm. He said, like, you've done it so well. I said, but there's been so much crying. And me just sometimes I go into this spin, like, how could she have done this? And how could she do this to me? Like, it's just, and then how could she do this to her grandson? Like, I'm going to have to tell him. Yeah. I'm going to have to tell him one day because he looks like his biological grandfather. How old is your son? Uh, he'll be 10 soon. Okay. Yeah. I think he has a fair idea now hearing the stories, but he won't ever pipe up and say something to me. Mm-hmm. But look, at the end of the day, and sometimes it can be a bit, it can, it can feel a bit insensitive when people say it, but it's so true. When people say to me, no matter what, your father will always be your father, mm-hmm. they're right. They're yes. completely right. Yes, I, I definitely heard that a few times. And I remember in the immediate aftermath, really not being receptive to that. Because, not because he's not my dad, you know, he'll, he'll always be my dad. And, but that, for me, it was like, that's not the point. The point is the deception and the truth and the lack of knowledge and the lack of opportunity to connect. It really has nothing to do with the relationship that I have with my dad because, yes, he'll always be my dad. Um, and I do treasure that relationship and mm, hope same. that we'll be able to kind of restore some some of that, but it's still relatively fresh for me. <laughs> I will tell you another coincidence. Um, when I found my biological father, he's actually buried here in Sydney, not far from me, maybe about half an hour's drive, depending. And um, he's buried in the same cemetery as my in-laws. Wow. So I've been going to that cemetery since I started dating my husband because we used to visit his father. I never met my father-in-law. And then when my mother-in-law passed, we had this everything there. So they're buried in the Orthodox, Greek Orthodox section. So when we go to visit, he will drop me off at the Jewish lawn because that's where my father's buried. So I go there and, you know, I've been learning all the, the rituals, what you need to do to, to respect and honour the, the, the past and loved ones. And I have my time with him. And then I go for a little walk for about a minute and there I am in the Greek Orthodox section to honour my in-laws and how frustrating it is that he has been there all those times, all these years. I have been walking past, driving past and did not know that has really angered me and upset me. But then at the same time, it's like, 
well, I'm glad that you're not far from me. Yeah. Yeah. But there are those moments where you, you think, oh, that was an opportunity to tell me or if I'd known. And yeah, I think we play those scripts in our minds as we're processing it all. And that is wild. Um, so you said, you know, your father that raised you will always be your father. How is your relationship with him? Oh, it's, it's wonderful. Oh, it's good. wonderful. Yeah. Even out of my younger sisters and me, I'm still the one that calls every few weeks. We celebrate Father's Day in September here in Australia. I, don't, I think it's different in America. The, it's it's early, there. early. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my son and I, we, we bought a present for him, like just a coffee table book on sailing as he loves boats and sailing. And we sent that to him and he rang me up and he goes, oh, my gosh, thank you so much for the present. He goes, I always cried. I could not believe it. And he goes, I love you guys so much. And Yeah. So that's you know, really good. Yeah. Those little special things. Yeah. Yeah. I think ultimately, you know, when somebody raised you and you had a loving and positive relationship with them, that's not going to go away even with these DNA surprises, like what you were saying. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's not like, it's not like he was abusive or anything. And I got the DNA test and I was like, oh, relief. You know, it was right. not like that. It was so heartbreaking to not know that I don't share the DNA with him. It's You mentioned that you, you don't speak to your mom that much anymore. I Is don't at all. At all? Okay. Is <laughs> no. it because of this or? Oh, yes. It yes. is. Okay. Yeah. Has she expressed any remorse or anything no. about what happened? No. 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 She she can't hold accountability, this woman, and she she's still trying to uphold her reputation, but I think at the same time she, she, she knows how to play her cards and who to talk to and who to not talk to. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I just <laughs> – she – she's a piece of work for us but I think the sending my biological father to my work was just that when I oh my gosh because one of the biggest things when I found out about the test like the the surprise test like I was an alcoholic for a month and I was vomiting I was showering like three or four times a day because I felt dirty like oh my god I'm a product of this affair and and then I had this feeling that mum kind of planned it and, yeah, I've just, I've never really been the same in that kind of, because trust is a huge thing. Like It is. We're supposed to trust our mother, like, and I just think I could never, ever do anything like that to my son. If you had a friend maybe who was in a situation like your mother, what w- advice would you give them? I would tell them you, you have to tell the truth. As hard it would be, you need to tell the truth and not let them find out with a DNA test because that's where that's where families break up and friendships break up because of it. And, and the thing is how I've always seen it, it's like a nuclear bomb and I'm the centre and then the next person to be affected by it is my father the man that raised me and her and his partner, his partner was just shattered as well for mm-hmm. both of us. And then, and then you've got to think of his family and then my mum's family and then my partner, my partner is there as well and his family. Mm-hmm. And then my, my biological family, like my, my siblings, like my older sister that has known about this, you know, when I spoke to her, she said to me, I've, I've been waiting for this day t- to come. I've been waiting. Oh, it's gosh. just, it's, uh, that's what I would tell them. Just be honest. It, if, if my mum told me in my late 20s, for instance, yeah, I would have been mad. Right. But I would have had the opportunity to meet my father. I would have had an opportunity to know somewhat of my identity. And I probably would have not taken a test. Because mm-hmm. then I would have known because it is such a big thing, especially if you're thinking you're one ethnicity going 
it's just too much it's a lot yeah. to take in and i and i would tell them just do it because if they take that test it's going to take them for the rest of their lives to recover it's a very painful way to discover the truth especially now that we're almost now like 30s it's just mm-hmm. you, you get you start to get set in your ways and your mindset. You're in a rhythm and routine. It's completely flipped upside down now. Yeah, yeah. What advice would you give somebody who today found out that they are an NPE? I just hope you have all the love and support around you when you're moving through that space of emptiness and numbness and just that all those WTF moments you're going to get if you have a partner oh my gosh like don't be afraid to just talk it out because my husband has always said to me just talk it out I don't care if you repeat it a thousand times just whatever's on your mind just say it and some days I was just going and I'll be dropping glasses and plates doing silly things because I was just so like now I'm a lot a lot better and I and like we still talk about certain things but I think for me now knowing somewhat of my lineages it's just like okay cool like how can I integrate that into my lifestyle without having my son to go mom what's going on like Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's what it is. And if you need if you need time out and just, you know, retract from the world, do it. I think that was a big privilege for me during COVID and especially the lockdowns where I didn't have to face the world. I was working from home. I could just be in my own space in my study and just go, Oh my gosh, what's going on? And put that boundary up. And, and if, even if it just meant just bawling my eyes out, yeah, you need that. You can't hold it in because I feel like all these years my DNA was screaming to me to take a test or figure it out who you, are, who you are. There is some sort of pain, I think, because the truth has been half buried and I think there's a part of you that just screams out for it. Oh, well, why did we take the test in the first place? <laughs> right. Even, like for me, I, I didn't suspect anything, but you wonder what part of you knew, what part. And a lot of things in my past that I look back and I'm like, oh, you knew. You just didn't know you knew. Like was sleeping whilst awake all these years. Yes. Yes. I'm just so excited to know most of my lineages, like, look, there's always going to be something that we don't know about our great-grandparents and stuff, but it's just, it's really just helped me shape who I am and and I think just, you know, coming from, you know, my Croatian culture and then my husband's from a very, a very Greek background, that's always been important to us. So we're just slowly integrating that into our lifestyle and it's all new for us. It's all new and it's just wonderful. And as heartbreaking as my story is um, with what happened, I look. I actually lean into my grandparents, my Sicilian and then my Czech Jewish grandmother, and I think, wow, what, how do they meet? And, you know, I look at the photos of them going, oh, they would have been a cute couple, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. But just I think. I wonder what it was like. But yeah, that's how I said. And just really um, embrace um, those stories because those stories really shape who we are today, I think. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, yeah. I'm so glad that you got answers, you know. You yeah. Know, it's, it's, it's too bad that you didn't get a chance to meet your father and your grandmother. Exactly. Um, but you have those answers and I'm sure that that – you know, bring some peace oh. and resolution to the situation. And joy because, you know, we sometimes see grief always as despair and depression, but grief can be joy too. Yes. It can yes. be celebration. And 
it can't always be a sad story and otherwise how can we how can we grow from it mm-hmm. yes well thank you for sharing your story Yvette thank you so much for being so generous with your story I wish you the best of luck as you continue on this journey me too thank you so much it's been a pleasure to share my story and an honor Thank you for listening to the first episode of DNA Surprises. If you connected with Yvette's story, please rate, review, and subscribe. And if you have experienced a DNA surprise and want to share your story, email dnasurprises at gmail.com. The more we share, the less alone we are. Until next time.